Hello, and welcome to MacCast, a podcast from the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. I'm Erin Roselle, Assistant Professor in the Media and Communication Department, and I'm joined today by Rachel Labor Palvino, Director of Communications and Public Relations at Visit Rochester, the official tourism promotion agency for Monroe County. Thanks for joining us today, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your job? Sure. So uh, I think it's important to share that I am a Rochester native, which comes in handy because uh, my job is basically to promote Rochester. So I always say that I have the best job ever because I get to promote a place and a community that I'm so passionate about. So as the Director of Communications and PR for Visit Rochester, I am essentially the chief storyteller for all things Rochester. Um, It's my job to project information about Rochester outside of our community uh, with the goal of getting people from, we we define a visitor as more than 50 miles away, so with the goal of getting people from outside of our community to come to Rochester and Monroe County. Um, I oversee any messaging that's coming in and out of the organization, whether it's um, media relations and press releases, but everything like blog posts, our social media content, um, and even just member communications and um, B2B communications. So um, it's a very rewarding position and um, no two days are the same. That's awesome. And can you tell us a little bit more about Visit Rochester, what it is and what it does? Absolutely. So Visit Rochester is the official tourism promotion agency for Monroe County. We sell and market Greater Rochester as a preferred destination in order to grow and maximize visitor spending to enhance the economy. So essentially, we are advocating for um, destination development, investment, and really working to increase community awareness um, and appreciation for all things tourism and the hospitality industry in Monroe County. So everything that we do is because um, we want to affect the overall economic impact of tourism in Monroe County. Um, The economic impact of tourism in Monroe County is over a billion dollars, and it supports 20,000 jobs. So this is a major industry. And the more people that we can get visiting our community, whether they're coming as leisure travelers or corporate travelers or coming for a meeting and convention, the better. Um, I should also add that Visit Rochester is a membership organization. We have more than 400 members that are in the what we call the visitor industry. So hotels, museums, restaurants, attractions, but even, you know, service providers like um, print companies and um, any type of business that could benefit from having visitors come to our area. Um, As an organization, we've got a marketing division that I sit within. We also have a whole team that's dedicated to selling meetings and conventions to come to Rochester. So again, it's all about what's going to have um, the greatest economic impact. And we know that attracting meetings and conventions that are going to draw thousands of people to our community is going to um, really positively impact the local economy. So um, we're just constantly selling and marketing Rochester to a number of audiences to get people to come to Rochester. That's great. And you're obviously so passionate about it, which is wonderful. Um, What are some of the goals of Visit Rochester? So overall, we are focused on increasing visitation to Rochester and, um, as I mentioned, really growing that economic impact of tourism and hospitality. One of the things I love about my job is that even though I am out there talking about all the awesome, fun things happening in Rochester, at the end of the day, I know that the work that I'm doing is directly tied to um, improving our community and bringing more dollars and bringing more money into our community and and affecting um, our economy. So I, you know, we are a nonprofit organization. And in this case, you know, our cause is really the the uh, betterment and the enhancement of our community by bringing more dollars and um, more visitors into Rochester. So 
everyone should visit Rochester. Yes. And to dig in a little bit deeper, can you talk a little bit about some of the specific initiatives or campaigns that you're working on right now and talk a little bit about how they help support the goals of Visit Rochester? Sure. So we look at, we break down a lot of our work by market um, because so at Visit Rochester, our tagline is limitless because we believe that there's no limit to what you can do when you visit Rochester and Monroe County. Um, We're very lucky um, in our community to have incredibly strong products for families, for foodies, for fans of history, art lovers, uh, and sports and recreation, everything in between. So we tend to kind of look at our activities by market. One such market that's really important to us right now um, is the family travel market. So did you know that within an hour's drive of Rochester, there are more than 75 experiences for families? Cool. I did not know that. So we um, we really worked hard to promote ourselves as a family destination because when a family is coming to visit um, a destination like Rochester, it's not just a single traveler. It's multiple travelers. They're going to be staying in our hotels, eating in our restaurants, visiting world-class destinations like the Strong Museum of Play, Rochester Museum and Science Center, the zoo, Seabreeze, the list goes on and on. Um, We actually have a campaign right now called Bring the Family Closer, which is um, a a multi-channel, you know, multimedia campaign that's um, targeted actually within the Hudson Valley and New York City metro area. Um, People forget that New York State is a very big place. So, you know, even within New York State, we can still attract new visitors um, from New York City, which of course has a huge footprint to work with. Um, So we have our family program, and we're also continuing to position ourselves as um, a real destination for food and drink fans. Um, Of course, Rochester is the front door, as we like to say, to the Finger Lakes region, which is one of the most agriculturally abundant regions in the country. Mm -hmm. So we have fabulous food, incredible drink. We were actually just named one of the top cities for beer in the the world for 2019. So um, promoting the beer and the wine and these incredible restaurants that we have taking using all the fresh all the fresh flavors of the Finger Lakes um, and that messaging really resonates well we've been finding in the Canadian market the Toronto Metro um, Toronto is of course just a three-hour drive from Rochester so um, they're always looking for these weekend getaways to cool cities that are kind of up and coming and not the usual suspects and um, that have awesome food and, and restaurants and um, and drinks and um I should also mention too that we, everything we do is along the backdrop of a very strong arts and cultural community. Another stat for you: we were named the 17th most arts vibrant city in the country by wow. the National Center for Arts Research. So um, again, people are very surprised to learn that we have like just an abundance of museums and arts and cultural organizations and theater groups. And um, of course, I have to mention that another focus of ours this year is golf. Um, as you may know, Rochester is going to be hosting the 2019 KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship at the uh, famous Oak Hill Country Club this May. So um, we're really focusing on golf this year. Of course, the championship event itself, but also the more than 60 public and semi-private golf courses that visitors can play in the Rochester area. In fact, I was just um, promoting Rochester and its golf scene at the Toronto Golf Show this past weekend. So I've got golf on the, on the mind. <laughs> Great. So that's a lot to work with. Um, and you mentioned this earlier, but you said, you know, no day, no two days are ever the same. Uh, but despite that, for our students and for our listeners, can you talk a little bit about some of the day-to-day tasks that you do? Definitely. So of course, in PR and communications, it is very true. No two days, no two days are the same. I would say 
My work is a, a real mix of reactive and proactive outreach um, and activities. So on the one hand, I'm going to be, um, you know, pitching and pushing out information about thing events and activities in Rochester. So we're talking now in February 2019, and just three months will be the uh, annual Rochester Lilac Festival. So I'm working now to reach out to media with news and information on the Lilac Festival so that they'll um, write about it and, and encourage their audiences to come visit Rochester for that. But at the same time, I'm fielding incoming requests. So over the weekend, I had a writer from um, the Toronto area reach out asking for more information about Rochester for a piece they're working on. So then I had to kind of be more reactive and put together an overview of news and updates and information on the community, but also our partners, pretty much giving them all the tools that they need, both information and photos and otherwise, um, to tell the Rochester story to their audience. And then another big thing that I do that's very different from um, my, at least the other types of jobs and communications that I've had before, is I actually physically host media. So in the world of travel PR, a lot of um, a lot of what we do is working to get travel writers actually into our destination so they can experience the community for themselves. So um, I, when I host travel writers, I essentially will identify them, work to build a relationship with them. And, and pitch them to come visit Rochester. Then once they're in the market, I am their personal tour guide. I craft an itinerary for them that's going to um, bring them to all the different places that they need to see to tell the story that they're they're working on. Um, and then we make sure that they're seeing and experiencing the very best of Rochester and then following up with them after the fact as well to make sure that they have all that they need to, to help produce and tell a story about us. And I work with traditional travel writers, print and online, Travel bloggers are a really big trend in our industry right now. Um, influencers, so um, kind of just like I said, telling the Rochester story in a variety of manners to a number of different audiences all day, every day. So based on some of the stories that I've read, it seems like Rochester, especially downtown, is experiencing a rebirth. So what role has Visit Rochester had in supporting this? You are absolutely correct. Rochester is um, in the midst of a, a renaissance, I like to say. Um, it's a really exciting time for the community. We're seeing a lot of development in the downtown. And um, with that, you know, you see more people moving back downtown. And with that comes new restaurants, new events, new activities, new things to do. So um, from a Visit Rochester standpoint, our support in the downtown rebirth has really been through um, that overall economic impact of the tourism and hospitality industry. Um, a lot, we have a, a, a large cluster of hotels downtown and, um, you know, going back to the, the work that my team does to attract meetings and conventions, um, we're bringing in convention groups into downtown, um, where the, um, convention center is. And in turn, they're, you know, they're dining at our, our restaurants, they're visiting our attractions, um, they're staying in our hotels. So, uh, when you look at downtown specifically, that's one key area that, that we're contributing to that. But another area that we really support just this exciting time in Rochester is really by being Rochester's chief cheerleaders um, and really helping to spread the word about all these exciting changes and especially, you know, letting visitors know that, hey, if you haven't visited Rochester in a couple of years, you really need to come back because we are a, a new city, we're a new community, and there's still these awesome places that you've, you know, you've known for many years, but at the same time, 
new restaurants, new breweries. It seems like every month there's something new opening up. So we get to keep telling that story. Um, and then, you know, we do communicate mostly outside of the region because we're trying to get people to come in. But thanks to tools like our website and social media, um, we are able to connect and engage on a local level mm-hmm. and helping residents um, take pride in all that we have to offer. Um, because if residents have pride in what we have, you know, they're going to invite their friends, they're going to invite their family. So um, so we're, we're really excited about this downtown growth. I'm, as again, as a Rochester native, someone who's lived here, moved away from Rochester, moved back home, I couldn't be more thrilled with what's happening in Rochester. And I just feel so honored that I get to help tell that story. Yes. Um, Well, thanks for that segue, because my next question is, um, as a communicator, how do you craft the story of Rochester today? So I... Right away, if, so if I'm talking to a, a writer and they know nothing about Rochester, I kind of go into it by saying, Rochester is the third largest city in New York State, and we are one of the most culturally abundant, arts vibrant communities in the country. When you take that coupled with our incredible rich history as the home of Susan B. Anthony and Frederick Douglass and George Eastman, and put that alongside the incredible attractions we have for families like the Strong Museum, the Rochester Museum and Science Center, and then when you add in our fabulous food and drinks and our positioning near the Finger Lakes, we are a the affordable getaway that you never knew you needed to go to. <laughs> until now. Um, we're, we're still kind of, I feel like, a hidden gem, which works in our favor a lot of times because we're something fresh, we're under the radar, and um, we have so many stories that are just waiting to be told. So I always say I have the, the greatest pleasure of working with people, um, specifically travel writers, who've never been to Rochester before, and I get to be with them when they experience it for the first time. And I wish I could like bottle up their reactions and just like how impressed people are with our community. Um, I've heard audible gasps when I bring people to High Falls. They did not realize that we had a 96-foot waterfall in the middle of downtown Rochester. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always just trying to tell people that we are this, this incredible gem of a destination, affordable, accessible, welcoming, and we have so much to offer. Sometimes I say that we're a mid-sized city that never got the memo that it's not a large city <laughs> because any experience that you could find in a city like New York or Chicago or LA, you can find it to a certain extent here in Rochester. Is it going to be as big? No, of course not. But, you know, it's the the quality of what you can experience and the affordability. You just you'd be hard pressed to find a better place to live, work or visit, if you ask me. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned some of the rich history that Rochester has. Um, And I guess first I'm wondering, are people often surprised to learn things that they didn't know about Rochester's history? And then also, how do you use some of the historical research about Rochester to craft the narrative of Rochester today? You are absolutely correct. People are often very surprised to learn just how many historical figures called Rochester home, specifically um, with uh, Susan B. Anthony. Um, You know, 2019, and this kind of answers both parts of your question, uh, sorry, 2020 is going to be a really big year Mm -hmm. uh, from a women's history perspective as it marks the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. That's the amendment that gave women everywhere the right to vote. Um, It also marks the 200th birthday of Susan B. Anthony and the 75th uh, anniversary of the National Susan B. Anthony Museum and House. So we know that Rochester and the Finger Lakes is the destination to 
tell that story um, as it relates to the uh, 19th Amendment's uh, anniversary and just that that women's rights movement. And people are so surprised to know that you know Susan B. Anthony lived here, and at the same time that Frederick Douglass lived here, and he he worked hand in hand um, with Susan B. Anthony as it relates to the suffragist movement. And of course, he had his own incredible legacy as an abolitionist. So people can't sometimes really can't even wrap their heads around the fact that so much history happened here. And then, of course, George Eastman and the story of Kodak, um, our legacy as the flower, F-L-O-U-R city, as well as flower, F-L-O-W-E-R city. Um, There's so much history here. And so we use that, again, as a way to really kind of surprise and delight people and and tell them, let them know that there's this whole, there's stories that are waiting to be told because they haven't been told yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but we're really excited, especially with the women's rights um, milestones that are going to be happening in 2020. And, And we look forward to really making a national splash um, so that people all over the country who want to talk about this moment in time know that their stories need to include Rochester. Yes, so exciting. Um, I bet there's going to be a ton of great events in the area for everyone and lots of great media coverage. Definitely. So um, students will be listening to this podcast, so I was wondering if you could give students uh, that are interested in communications and public relations some advice about um, starting a career in public relations and also talk about some skills that are most important in the job. Great question. So my advice I always give to students is that relationships are everything. I mean, it's it's in the title, right? Public relations. Um, but, you know, when, especially when it comes to networking, you really never know what conversation could lead, what opportunities a single conversation could lead to. So I always encourage students to um, to be mindful of, of those opportunities and, and to think about the relationships that they make and, you know, especially in networking, to hold on to those contacts and to really, you know, if you want to, if you're networking to find a job, for example, I tell students to treat it like you were trying to pitch a writer. You know, before you pitch a, travel, a, a writer a story, you know, you're going to take the time to do the research. You're going to see what they've recently written about, see if there's an opportunity to um, to kind of piggyback on that and to use that as an opportunity to start a conversation. It's the same way when you're networking professionally. Take the time to do the research on that individual, on the company that they work for. I got my first job because I was following the company that I had identified that I wanted to work for. I was following their news, saw that they had recently won an award, used that as an opportunity to reach back out to the HR person that I hadn't had much luck getting in touch with before. <laughs> and lo and behold, my note came, you know, it was, I was in the right place at the right time. And it was that outreach because I was following up on the company that I wanted to be at. That's what led to ultimately my, me being able to get my first job. And so I I just think that relationships are everything, but you know, you need to nurture those, those relationships, Mm -hmm. um, and be respectful of people's time, but you know, be, do some smart networking. Um, and then also just in this industry, reading and writing are so key. And so I encourage people to read as much as you can read the news. Um, it's kind of on us as communicators to know what's going on in our community, whether um, with, with our clients and really like in, you know, both news on a national level, a local level, within whatever industry you're working in, um, because we kind of need to know what's going on at all times to make sure that we can be acting on the best behalf of our clients, our organizations, um, ourselves. So reading and writing is key. Relationships are everything. And um I think that's I think that's it. <laughs> awesome. So thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. It's been great chatting with you about Rochester um, and learning more about your job. Matcast 
is a production of the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. Listen on SoundCloud or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and like us on social media so others can find and enjoy these conversations. Julian Winters is our audio producer and edits our live stream. Our original theme music was composed and performed by Dr. Joseph Lopicaro. Jordan Proietti designed our logo. Cecil Felton is executive producer. And I'm assistant professor Aaron Roselle. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.